Secretary. Today we celebrate the circumcision of our Lord. According to Jewish religious practice, the male baby on the eighth day, as commanded in Genesis and Leviticus, is circumcised and named. Circumcision was a sign of Israel's covenant with God and the means by which a male became a member of God's community. As an aside, we Orthodox continued the religious practice of naming the baby on the eighth day with special prayers. St. Paul is faced with the issue of the church in Colossae being influenced by the spiritual philosophy, the trend of the time, Gnosticism. It seems that Gnosticism was starting to penetrate and influence the church in Colossae. So Paul is writing to the church in Colossae to say and encounter the influence and get the church back on track. What he has to say in today's epistle reading is as relevant to us today as it was at the time of its writing those many centuries ago. In the epistle reading, it starts, firstly starts with a warning. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceits. St. Paul does not use words like do not be influenced or do not be sidetracked by talking about worldly philosophies. Rather, he uses a much stronger word, captive. In the Greek, the image it evokes is powerful and forceful. One explanation of the word in Greek stated that it has a meaning for the plundering of a cargo from a ship. See see to it that you are not plundered by philosophy and empty deceit. Another explanation of the word used by St. Paul was that it was used of a slave trader carrying off a vanquished foe to captivity, a kind of kidnapping. See to it that no one kidnaps you by philosophy and empty deceit. This image of kidnapping is apt for understanding the influence of the philosophy in which we are surrounded. In a kidnapping, force is always used, whether it is strong or mild. You are forced to comply to the other party. How often have each of us in some way felt the strong influence, the force of the philosophy, philosophies, of the regular, of the secular pluralistic culture in which we are called to live. It can be subtle or blatant, outright force. In this present day, we have easy access to many philosophies. Different philosophies permeate our pluralistic society. Their influence is everywhere. And they can be quite subtle in their presentation and influence. 
Paul is warning us not to attach ourselves, not to be influenced by, immerse ourselves in philosophies which are not in accord with Jesus Christ and the gospel proclaimed by him and St. Paul. The gospel being Christ crucified and risen. Anything else is to be steered well away from, resisted. Paul reminds the Colossians, for in him, that is Christ, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him. He is the head of all rule and authority. In him also, you were circumcised with the circumcision which made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by, by the circumcision of Christ. The circumcision that St. Paul is referring to here is baptism, where we put off the old flesh and die and rise with Christ. We are joined to Christ. The Orthodox Study Bible translates, and you have been filled in him as you are complete in him. Complete means a much better, seems a much better and richer translation. For the Greek word plero has the meaning to make full, to fill up, that is, to fill to the full, to cause to abound, to fill to the top, so that nothing shall be wanting to full measure, fill to the brim. In other words, through baptism, we have been completely and utterly filled to the brim with Christ. We must make Christ our center, when we talk about it, it sounds possible, but in reality, to put it into practice, it can be quite challenging, as we all know. I was talking to someone after liturgy at Christmas about inner strength. I've been reflecting on that through the week. The inner strength we need to develop needs to be without equivocation based on the solid foundation of Christ. Christ is our sure foundation. Scripture has this to say on this topic. In Ephesians, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Psalm 18, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Psalm 62. On God rests my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. Psalm 94. But the Lord has become my stronghold, and my God the rock of my refuge. Psalm 95. 
O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Psalm 144. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. When I was young at Sunday school, many, many years ago, we would sing the following song. And I'm going to read the whole. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. And the rains came tumbling down. The rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up. But the house on the rock stood firm. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. And the rains came tumbling down. The rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up. And the house on the sand went splat. Oh, the blessings came down as the prayers go up. The blessings come down as the prayers go up. The blessings will come down as the prayers go up. Go up, so build your house on the Lord. While simple in its approach, this children's song encapsulates the essentials for our life in Christ. We must build and maintain our life on the rock, the sure foundation that is Christ. For it is on the strongest and most enduring foundation that is Christ that we are to build our lives. King David, the psalmist and prophet, and St. Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles, and, and this children's song are telling us very clearly that the foundation of our lives, what, what the foundation of our lives should be. For us, the challenge is to maintain, through God's help, Christ as our sure foundation. Seeing that it is New Year's Day, the custom is that we make a New Year's resolution. We often joke, New Year's resolution today gone tomorrow. They're usually very short-lived. If Christ is to be our sure foundation, then we need to resolve to grow closer to Christ throughout this year. We need to put effort into it, for, for we have to work together with Christ it requires us to develop discipline. For the six weeks leading up to the Feast of the Nativity of our Lord in the flesh, we had, this, we had the series of sermons on cafes plus P. Now with the new year upon us, 
It is time for us to make a resolution, a commitment to focus on at least one of the ascetical disciplines throughout this year. That does not mean we ignore the others. It just means that our major focus throughout this year will be on one of the ascetical disciplines while still practicing the others. While I, while I was preparing this sermon, a Bible app I have on my phone sent me a suggestion on how to implement a New Year's resolution. And it could be a framework for all of us. The start of a new year brings so many possibilities which make it the perfect time to focus on developing spiritual disciplines. If you're hoping to make 2023 a year for intentional connection with God, it says check out these four tips to build Bible habits. So scripture, that stick. First, make it accessible. And of course, as an app, it suggests stay connected to Scripture by making sure a copy of Scripture is installed on all your devices and also have a hard copy of Scripture easily accessible. That way, wherever you go, God's Word goes with you and is accessible at any time. Two, make it stick. The easiest way to create a new habit is by linking it to something you already do consistently. If you reach for your phone first thing in the morning, then have the scripture app as the first thing you see. Think about what you consistently do that you can link the habit of scripture reading to it. Three, make it automatic. The best way to build a habit is just to start. And as you get started, don't focus on the amount of time you're reading or listening to Scripture. Just focus on doing it regularly. Once you complete day, two days in a row, go to three. Once you complete, complete three days, go to five. And keep going, building your momentum. Four. Make it a place for community. You are more likely to keep studying scripture or, any of the, or, or participating in any of the ascetical disciplines if you do it alongside someone who cares about your spiritual growth. We have our community at Good Shepherd. We need to connect with each other. Maybe we need to create a signal scripture reading group, a group supporting, nurturing, and encouraging the members in their scripture journey. One of the issues for our parish is that we are so dispersed. Maybe we need to become even more creative in the use of the media out there and use it to our advantage. Making scripture a part of our everyday life does not have to be daunting. And thankfully, we do not have to do it alone. So what is your New Year's resolution going to be? How are you going to open yourself 
to work in cooperation with Christ, growing in your spiritual life. Which spiritual discipline or disciplines are you going to be are going to be your main focus throughout this year? Remembering that the spiritual disciplines are not silos. They do not exist in isolation, but are interconnected and interact and undergird each other. They are intermeshed. May you all be blessed throughout this new year, and may God grant you all many years. Amen. Rejoice, O life-giving Christ.